Cowboys fans seem to be in agreement that Michael Gallup is a problem. And tonight, we'll talk about the easy fix around the situation. And spoiler alert, no, it is not Jalen Tolbert exactly. Here we go. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On The Man Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor. And as you join the stream, hit the like button for me because every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. What's up, everybody? Hope that you guys are having a fun Tuesday night. Have a busy show tonight because we're going to get into the weeds here regarding Michael Gallup and his situation. Tonight, we'll be discussing what's up with his performance overall, why I believe there is an easy fix to the whole situation, and why it doesn't involve Jalen Tolbert exactly. It does involve him, but I don't think it's as easy as just benching Michael Gallup. And something that I consider wide receiver malpractice from the Cowboys. Later on the show, we'll talk about what Jerry Jones had to say ahead of the trade deadline. A little bit disappointed at that. And we'll close the show out with the one cool thing as we do every single Tuesday. So before we get into any of that, though, let's say hi in the chat. We've got Ma, uh, we've got Bob, excuse me. We've got Ines. We've got Bruce, Gregory, Toxic Tom. I see Stephen White out there, John Jones, Katharina. A lot, a lot of uh, interesting stuff. Bruce says, Gallup with a red flag. That's a subtle thumbnail, Mo. I like it. I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you did, Bruce. Let's get right into it. And I mentioned red flag specifically because today I woke up with the goal of trying to find a better answer to the whole Michael Gallup situation. Because when I started looking at some of the wide receiver numbers, it feels like a lot of them are more similar to Brandon Cook's numbers than we would like them to be. And I say that because maybe Brandon Cook's is not having the best num uh, season, statistically speaking. And in a lot of ways, it is a very similar season to Michael Gallup in terms of level of play in the stat sheet, in the numbers. But we have not felt that be the case uh, uh, six games into the year for the Cowboys. We know that Brandon Cooks is not putting up the numbers that we want him to put up, but we're not nearly as disappointed as done and tired with Brandon Cooks like we are with Michael Gallup. And I think that the perfect way to exemplify this is you look at the yards per route run in the, in the 2023 season, Brandon Cooks ranked 69th among the 100 qualifying wide receivers. And with qualifying, uh, I mean, because of number of snaps, Brandon Cooks is 69th. Michael Gallup is 68th. You look at reception rate, Brandon Cooks is 82nd in the NFL. Michael Gallup is 84th. Pro football focus grade, which might be a little bit more controversial. You're talking about Brandon Cooks being 77th in the league. And you're talking about Michael Gallup being 74th but for some reason for some reason it doesn't feel quite like it we have some doubts about Brandon Cooks but we all seem pretty confident that 
he will get on the same page as Dak Prescott. Definitely a 4-4-4 performance in Monday Night Football versus the Chargers helped that case because we saw him have pretty much a perfect day, caught a touchdown. He's first with the Cowboys. So his arrow is pointing up a little bit, but it just doesn't feel like those numbers do justice to what's been going on this year. So when I talk about the red flag, I talk about getting deep into the weeds here a little bit and finding what the big problem is with Michael Gallup. And the fact is that it's all about the contested throws, in my opinion. We have seen a lot of targets for Michael Gallup when he's in one-on-one situations and he doesn't win the battle. As simple as that. But I wasn't aware of how often this happens. So let's look at some numbers, shall we? This is the major red flag for me. Michael Gallup is 2 for 12 in contested throws. So he has been targeted 12 times this season in contested situations. That is the top 12, that that is the 12th most targets in the NFL in such situations. And he's caught just two of them for a 17% completion rate. Now, man, mo man, we're going to we're going to get into some details here. But you look at who has more targets in contested situations than Michael Gallup. And I don't want to sound mean here, but these are not Michael Gallup's friends. Like, look at the caliber of wide receivers on this list. Drake London with the Atlanta Falcons. DJ Moore with the Chicago Bears. AJ Brown with the Eagles. Devonta Smith with the Eagles. You get Devante Adams with the Raiders. Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Marquise Brown. Amon Rossenth Brown, Chris Olave, Stephon Diggs. These are many of them number one wide receivers, and many of them are much better than Michael Gallup. So, to one point, you understand that their teams are feeding them in contested situations. It's hard to me to understand what Michael Gallup is doing there at 12th. I, I don't fully get it. And when you look at those players above him in this list, you're talking about more or less, I did the math, and it was about a 47% completion rate average in contested situations. Michael Gallup has a 17% completion rate in these situations. So you talk about contested plays. When you have good receivers fighting for those situations, you're going to get an average of a 50% rate. That's why it is a contested catch. That's why we call them 50-50 balls. I don't get why Michael Gallup would have 12 targets in these situations at this point. And the most concerning thing about it all is that you might say, hey, not only is Gallup not at the level of those guys, but historically, this is a down year for Michael Gallup in contested catches. And even 2022... Even 2022, excuse me, he was better, like significantly better in contested catches. 2018, 30%. 2019, 53%. 2020, the same. 2021, 50. 2022, 48. So he was winning one-on-one situations, which is what kept him on the field. You and I both know Michael Gallup is not a starter on your offense because of his speed. 
he's not even a starter on your offense because of his route running, honestly. He is who he is because he can win isolated ball. He can play iso ball. He can win contested situations. Not this year, though. He has not been that guy in 2023. And I don't really think it's because of inaccurate throws or anything like that. I'm not exactly sure what it is. It's, it's probably a mix of things here. Because you, you could talk about Michael Gallup not being on the same page as Dak Prescott. And I think that would be entirely fair. But you could also talk about the fact that he's just not winning those battles, those lands. Because we're not talking about... So here I go. Contested catches doesn't mean a go route where you are jumping for, for the football and high-pointing it. It doesn't mean that necessarily. It means, in this case particularly, a slant where Gallup needs to fight for the ball and the defensive back bits him for it. Because we've seen that happen quite often as of late, where he, he just needs to fight the defensive back and doesn't do it and doesn't do it and doesn't do it. A lot of people talk about the separation, which is an issue. I, I understand that. But I think that the true red flag is that he's not winning in these contested situations like he used to. And that's no bueno for Michael Gallup. But again, not only that, because we've been talking about benching Jalen Tolbert and, uh, excuse me, benching Gallup in favor of Jalen Tolbert and how that could be the fix. And I understand that. I understand that idea. And I agree that we should be seeing more Jalen Tolbert in the future here because I don't have a lot of faith that Michael Gallup is going to suddenly turn it around for the reminder of the season. It might happen, and I would love it if it does happen, but I'm ready to see some Jalen Tolbert on offense. What I think is the even easier fix, and one fix that we need to see quickly, is let's throw C.D. Lamb the football more in such scenarios, in such contested throws. We want C.D. to be schemed open, and I get that. He should be skimmed uh, uh, open more often. But CeeDee Lamb has three contested throws thrown his way this year. Just three of them. And that is that ranks very low in the NFL. I don't remember exactly how much, but I, I actually might be able to tell you right now. So CeeDee Lamb is going to be... No, I'm actually not going to find it for some reason. And I'm not exactly sure why I'm not going to find it here. Uh, it just isn't refreshing right now. But three for C.D. Lamb. When you're talking about the leaders in the NFL having like 16 of them, 12 of them, I think that C.D. can high point the football. I think that he can go up there, and I think that he can really make or, or do weird stuff with his body as he falls to the ground, and he's successful with that. C.D. Lamb is 76th in the league in contested throws. That might have to do with the fact that he plays from the slot and that might be just like the way it works. But Cooper Cup already has more targets in contested situations, even though he's played uh, three games to see these six games this year. Now, let me know in the chat. Do you agree or disagree that the Cowboys should start Jalen Tolbert moving forward or at least give him the opportunity let me know in the chat while you do that i'm gonna read some of your comments here very quickly because i know this is a very 
uh, how, how to say it, a topic that has Cowboys fans a little bit unhappy. You know, the Gallup whole uh, deal, the Gallup deal. Let's see here. Mark Aaron says, let's face it. The Joneses didn't like Amari as a person. They love Gallup. Not a good slash smart way to do business. And I think that is probably fair in the sense that I do think Amari Cooper is not in Dallas because of the fact that they didn't like him. Uh, so I will agree there. Toxic Tom says, Mo, the red flags for Gallup have been up for a few years now. And although I agree in a way, I do look at this graphic right now on the screen. And this is what has, in my opinion, made it feel like a new low for Gallup. Like this is the one thing that he still thrived on because a 48% rate is good. Like, that's what you want. That's what why we call them 50-50 volts. You want them to be 50-50, more or less. But 17%, 2 for 12, and you're feeling him at that rate in those situations? That's what I don't like. That's what I don't like. Uh, team says, do we go for the Vanta Adams? Man, we can talk about whether or not we would like them to, but I don't, I don't see it happening. That being said, the Cowboys did trade during the season in 2018 for a Los Angeles Raiders wide receiver. Now they're in Las Vegas. We'll see if they gamble again. In SS, I agree. Talking about Jalen Tolbert. Let's see here. At least split the snaps as John. Toxic says you can see the, cur the bell curve from uh, 2019. Rich says that Gallup will figure it out. So some trust there. Disagree for Rich, actually. Toxic says, I agree that Gallup isn't playable. Peter Rizzo says he agrees. Katharina says agrees for sure. Somebody mentioned uh, Turpin. Gregory did. Turpin, quick inside short slant passes. I'm not high on Turpin as a starting wide receiver just because I don't know how much of a complete player he is. Uh, we'll see what, what that looks like in the future, though. I'm ready for Tolbert. I just want to see him get the opportunity. He killed it in training camp. He killed it in the preseason. Let's see what he's got. Let's see what he's got because I'm not sure what we're betting on with Gallup here. He's struggling to generate separation, but at least he has... Well, This is what I was going to say. Brandon Cooks for next-gen stats actually has a lower average separation. But Brandon Cooks can beat you with the speed. Brandon Cooks can do a whole lot of things. And we've seen him go up. Uh, like week six for him was a massive success. I think that Brandon Cooks had himself a very good game versus the Chargers. But I just, man, I don't know. Uh, I think that I have reasons to believe that Brandon Cooks will be good. I'm not so sure about a Gallup right now. Bob says something to think about. Maybe CD's contested Catches are low due to him being able to get separation. Although I see what you mean, Bob, and that probably is a factor in the whole thing. I'll say it has to do also with the fact that there have been games where they're just not force-feeding him, if that makes sense. Like even the, even the Chargers game, even the Chargers game and the 49ers game. Actually, let's stick with the San Francisco example for now. How many plays where we're like, why are you going to Gallup instead of 
going down swinging with number 88. Because maybe versus the 49ers, in that moment of the game and under those circumstances, maybe you would be much more open to force fit C.D. Lamb. Uh, but instead, the Cowboys were putting a lot of trust in Gallup. So I do think uh, I do think that you are onto something there, Bob. It might have to do a lot with that, and it might have a lot to do with the fact that he is in the slot. But I also believe some of the players that are near the near the top, like with the most contested throws, are also guys that gain separation. Like Drake London generates separation, DJ Moore generates separation, and those two have been targeted 16 times in contested throws. And the same for Amon Ross and Brown, the same for A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. So I just think over the course of a season, although CD is consistently gaining separation, he should probably be up there where even when he doesn't, he's getting involved in a lot of situations. Bobby says, our head coach slash Offensive coordinator needs to scheme more plays for Turpin. Slava says Turpin needs plays. Lipkin needs plays. Cooks needs to be more involved. Bring Jalen Brooks and bench Gallup. Give me Tolbert over Brooks easily, personally. Uh, but we'll see how the young ones, whether or not they get more playing time moving forward. We'll see about that. I wanted to mention... This comment as well from Rick here. He says, I'm not a big fan of these so-called West Coast offense, Mo. What is your thoughts? It was my ugly when we did the, the good, the bad, and the ugly recap of the season so far on Sunday. So I, I shared more thoughts there, but I agree. Uh, it's been an offensive design that I'm not entirely sold on. But there's some things that I like. I mean, if we want to be optimistic today, today, uh, I do like some of the quick game elements that the Cowboys are implementing. I do like some of the ways that they are getting into max protect situations. But for the most part, I hate that we're not seeing a lot of motion or the sort of motion that we would like to be seeing. We're not seeing a lot of three-by-one formations, bunch formations. I know that John Owning tweeted about it. Tyler Browning over at ADZ Sports wrote an article with some numbers on the whole thing. So... Yeah, I'm not, not a fan of how the Mike McCarthy offense is looking like right now. I hope that it changed It changed during this, the bye week. We'll see. We'll see if they adjusted and became a little bit more aggressive. That's what I want to see. More aggression from the Cowboys. And maybe, maybe, maybe that'll, that will start with how they target their wide receivers and in which situations they target them. Speaking, speaking of aggression... The Cowboys warned us that there is not going to be a whole lot of that this week as the NFL trade deadline quickly approaches. Final date to pull off a trade is October 31st. That is next Tuesday. So exactly a week from now, 4 p.m. Eastern time is the official deadline. And many of us are wondering, will the Cowboys pull the trigger? Because, man, are they the perfect buyer for an, uh, for an NFL trade deadline? This is a team that is 4-2, that is a contender within the NFC, that is seeing some signs of weakness in some of their rivals, including the 49ers, who lost their second consecutive game last night, including the Philadelphia Eagles, who even though they dominated the Miami Dolphins in the trenches, have some weaknesses, and you get two games against them, you could see the Cowboys being like, we're good, but we need some help. Let's trade for somebody. 
Jerry Jones says, not so fast. And speaking with 105.3, the fan today, the actual quote that he dropped was, the initiation of an opportunity to make a trade at this time that would help us principally has to start over on the other end. I like where we are with our personnel today. In other words, Jerry Jones is saying, if the phone rings, it rings. But I'm not dialing up any number. Do you like, dislike, or hate this quote from Jerry Jones? Let me know in the chat. Do you like, dislike, or hate what Jerry Jones had to say on the radio today? Because, man, oh, man, not encouraging to hear. And I know that NFL teams are not going to tell you what they're planning on live radio. We know that Jerry Jones will break that rule from time to time. It's really, really anyone's guess when he means something, when he doesn't mean something. But I just absolutely despise this comment being made. And I see the comments just being the same right now. Hate it, says Rick. Katharina says hate. Peter says hate. Brett as well. And I didn't mean to, you know, inspire this feeling in everybody tonight. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is something that I thought about. And I'll say it. I hate it. I'll say it. But Toxic Tom here brings up the counterpoint, right? He says, that's an old sales tactic. If you're calling, it means that you have less leverage. And although I agree, I also feel like, you know, we're not selling, we're not selling uh, pink shit stocks or something like that. We're not selling refrigerators. We're not doing any of that. To me, even though that might be something that is not hand in hand with reality, potentially, like Jerry Jones and the Cowboys actually not calling up some NFL teams around the league. The way that I see it is the Philadelphia Eagles are probably dialing the phone a lot. Like they're, they're dialing different numbers up and they're starting these conversations. Because I don't think that you get A.J. Brown and you get, you know, uh, Kevin Byard and all of those successful trades that they have made. I don't think it's a coincidence that it's been them. I don't think that they're getting lucky with NFL teams calling them up and saying, hey, man, I've got somebody for you, and all I want is a late-round draft pick in return. I don't think that's what's going on with the Eagles. I think that they're being proactive, which is the key word here, and the Cowboys are being reactive. If this is really their strategy, this is them waiting on their seats for something to happen. And you, in my opinion, I, I, I hate that that is the case. I think it's a big different. Uh, a big difference from what the Eagles are doing, from what other teams are doing. Listen, at the end of the day, every NFL front office knows what they would trade any given player for. And the Cowboys just needs to need, need to explore. They need to be more proactive. They need to see, you know, we could use some cornerback depth, could use some linebacker depth, could use this, could use that, and start working the phones. If you're waiting to get lucky, right? You need to slide into the DMs if you want a more modern analogy. (laughs) 
You need to shoot your shot. I absolutely hated to hear that from Jerry Jones. Now, is that the reality? Or while Jerry's doing a radio interview, are Stephen Jones and Will McClay working the phones? We don't know. We don't know because we know that NFL teams will say whatever when they're talking to the media. But when you look at the facts and you look at the evidence of the way that they've done things over the last years, over the last few years, I'm kind of inclined to think that Jerry's probably saying the truth this time. There's been some exceptions here and there, like mainly 2018 when they traded for Amari Cooper. But it's hard for me to understate how big of a need a wide receiver was in 2018. Like, I don't feel like, I don't think that in 2018, the Cowboys were like, we're a good team and we're going to get better by bringing in Amari Cooper. I think that in 2018, what really happened was we suck unless we bring somebody like Amari Cooper onto the team. There's a difference there. And I'm not sure that the Cowboys are going to be as aggressive now that they are in the other side of things where they're like a better team, but could get better. If they were a mediocre team that could get to being above average slash good, then I could see the Cowboys pulling the trigger because I think that's what's happened in 2018. We'll see if they prove us wrong, but for now, you can see the difference between the way that the Eagles do things and the way that the Cowboys do things. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Let's see here. Toxic Tom says, Mo, you are a finance major. You know why hedge funds model so you can be proactive of when it's time to buy and sell. Yes, sir. Jerry says, uh, Bobby, Jerry is still trying to show the world that he can win it all his way. 30 years later, we're waiting to see it. In a way, that is pretty deep, in my opinion. Uh, Bruce says, Mo, will you be Jason Garrett for Halloween? Just get a blue polo and clap. Man, this might be the first Halloween in a while that I don't dress up. And that is good because I really don't know what I would wear. <laughs> you know, sometimes I've been like, I would totally do a Jason Garrett cu uh, custom uh, costume, excuse me, or maybe like anything NFL related, like a lot of inside NFL jokes. But I don't know if a lot of people would get them here in Chihuahua, Mexico. Like, there's a lot of NFL fans. Do not get me wrong. But it wouldn't be your basic costume. So, anyway, some random thoughts on Halloween for y'all. Team says, Jerry has to be the talk of the NFL last-minute trades just to stay relevant. And Slava says, this GM and his catboy son are a train wreck. They cannot finish because they think they can win without more weapons. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Some frustration ahead of the trade deadline. There's a week more. There's a week more to pull off some moves. Instead, the Cowboys are, you know, making some practice squad signings, which are also relevant. But hey, we, we want the trades now. We want the trades now. Let's move on to that. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, it is time... For the one cool thing of the week. For those of you who are new to the show, this is our feel-good segment of the week. And we do it every Tuesday, and it's not necessarily sports-related. But this is where I ask you, 
what is your one cool thing of the week? And it can be something personal, professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. Let me know in the chat, what is your one cool thing of the week? And then we'll get out of here. Gregory, here we go, Gregory. He says, the Astros lost. Astros lost. I cannot lie. I had a wide smile on my face last night when that happened. Katharina says, my Cowboys are back this weekend. Rick, looking ahead a little bit here, and Rick is saying the Rangers winning the World Series. Rich says the Texas Rangers. I know that a lot of Cowboys fans are just living the dream right now with the season that the Rangers have been having. My one cool thing is also baseball-related. More specifically is that we got two Game 7s in the League Championship Series. Game 7 last night was not as fun between the Rangers and the Astros. I mean, I did love seeing Aroldis Garcia go yard twice in that game after pulling off a Grand Slam in Game 6. So that was pretty fun about Game 7. But right now, we are leaving Game 7 number 2 of the championship series because the Philadelphia Phillies are fighting the Arizona Diamondbacks. And as we speak, actually, we've got a tied ball game in the top of the fifth inning. So now that the primetime show is going to be over, let's all move on to watch the Rangers out here. Plus, it is World Series weekend. World Series is going to start. Personally, I picked the Phillies to be in the World Series since the playoffs started. We'll see if, if they get there or not. I kind of want to see Bryce Harper in the World Series. Kind of want to see him win one. But I won't say that tonight because I know there's a lot of Rangers fans here. Uh, and I know that some people might take the Philly rivalry from sport to another sport. So I, I won't say it again. I'm sorry. I apologize. Before we get out of here a little bit more, Mark Aaron says the Rangers spent money. Bruce says one cool thing. I got my pumpkins carved and my costume ready. Let's go. Toxic says it's Halloween. Man, it's Halloween trick-or-treating this weekend in my neighborhood, and I am giving out full-sized candy bars. There you go. Oh, man. Mo, you can go ask Altuve about the same size as Mark Aaron. He's probably much taller than me, actually. Let's see. Or say Altuve height. Let's see. Yeah, he's he's taller than me. He's he's got me bitten. <laughs> you guys know that I'm really short. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I always have a lot of fun with this segment, but now it is time to go. Ladies and gentlemen, hope that you enjoyed prime time tonight. I'll see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central, as we do every single night from Thursday, from Sunday through Thursday. And tomorrow night, we'll start talking about the LA Rams and how to beat them, essentially. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you el día de mañana. Bye-bye.